0: Hello and welcome to the Winning a Business podcast. If you're an existing listener, you may have noticed we've taken a break for a few months and you might be expecting series five of Hitting the Wall podcast. We took some time out to focus on the business and it became clear that it was time to refresh things on the podcast with more focus on what winning looks like. Still inspired by my best selling book, Hitting the Wall, we're going to talk all things winning and what's involved to win at business. In my time as a professional tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. Business is no different. It's a game, one you can win or lose. Our episodes will focus on what's involved in playing the game of business effectively and most importantly, how to win. Each episode will be a conversation with me alongside my co-host and producer, Shirley Heron, an experienced owner and coach herself. From buying psychology to overcoming internal barriers to marketing and building your team, will aim to cover all aspects of what's involved to play the game to the best of your ability. So, sit back and listen to these short, sharp, punchy episodes and please let us know what you think and what topics you'd like us to cover.
1: Welcome back. Another week.
0: Another week. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. have had an interesting week this week.
0: Yeah, we were talking off air and um, you mentioned something about, you're on this really cool course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a very official
1: title. It's a a certificate in applied behavioural economics, which is nothing to do with maths before. Everyone always goes, oh, maths, I couldn't possibly do that. But it's nothing to do with maths. It's actually about the psychology of why we buy and what shapes people's behaviour. And uh, one thing that came up this week and um, is is highly uh, promoted by... The lady who's the tutor in she has a, a business all about behavioral economics, um, is the difference between brainstorming and question storming. And the idea is basically that with brainstorming, we have a problem and we're fine we're seeking to find answers to fix that specific problem. And she is an advocate of question storming, which is throwing out questions, any and all questions. Not to try and solve that problem, but to just ask questions about the business, about the wider problem and to open closed questions and close open questions. Sorry,
0: say that again. To open.
1: To open closed questions. So if the answer is a yes or no, you know, I don't know. um, (coughs) Is this business failing? Yes or no. How do we know if this business is failing? That's an open question. How, How do you know? You know, and from that, more questions arise. Um, when did you know? Exactly.
0: When did you do anything about it then? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> okay. and, um, and the idea being that the, the answer may not be the problem that you think you're trying to solve. Maybe something completely different. And only through the process of throwing anything and everything out on the table do you start to filter what the true problem is and um, this particular module we've been doing this term is, is all about internal change management so it's, it's to do with how do you take staff with you on a journey how do you get them to buy into that journey and it could be as simple as something like um, everyone has to change desk location and some people get very precious about their desk locations I'm not sure about they want that. to be in a corner <laughs> they want to be next to the window they don't want to be too close to the air conditioning unit whatever it is maybe in in current times it might be that as a business you're saying actually we're not going to have an office anymore and everybody's got to work from home how do you get people to buy into that Mm -hmm. some people might be ecstatic at working from home and some people might go you know i've got no space at home and i've got a toddler and you know it's not an easy place for me to work um but yeah it's how, how how do you take your staff on that journey and it might be we've got a new product it might be the business is really struggling and we've got to figure out, uh, is there a way to make this business better to um, save the business maybe? Um, if we go in there with quite a, a closed attitude of this business is failing, as an example, um, how do we fix it or how do we close it down in as painless mm-hmm. way as possible? We're, we're only going to ask questions that, that solve that specific problem. Um, and if but if you make it more open and just get everything out on the on the table. It might be that well it will be that some of the questions that get answered are completely relevant. But if nothing else it's given an opportunity to air them. There might be things there that actually you go, it's not specific right now, it's not relevant right now, but it's something to take away and chew over in a separate session. But it's just it's about it's about just being open to more than what you think and assume the issue is, um, and I just think that's a really interesting concept. I think for, um, some of the businesses I work with, you know, they're they're trying to do specific things and they keep at it in one specific way, and it. It, it for whatever reason it, it's not working it might be that it's not a priority really for them we talked about that a couple of weeks ago yeah. it might be that there's a reason why it's not working but what I do know from having worked with <laughs> clients like that is if you keep doing what you've always done you're only going to get what you've always got right yeah, you know sure. one of my favorite sayings but but what if there's a different way
0: and and so it's interesting listening to that, that is fascinating, mm. fascinating because I do, th- I do think we spend a hell of a lot of time trying to solve the problem that's right in front of us. And often we expend a lot of energy solving the wrong problem. Yeah. Okay. So I guess by asking the right questions that we're giving ourselves an opportunity to actually discover whether the problem in front of us is the problem
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that needs solving. And if you fix something else earlier in the process for instance it yep. might take the problem away
1: yeah
0: uh, I, mean, I guess the the most the most simple version of that you know using one of your um the example you gave is you know a, a, a fading effect or a perceived fading business and mm. I remember working with a business not that long ago and uh, yeah decent turnover a couple of million um good staff you know on paper really profitable as well you know the owners did well but they just never had any cash and you know the, so the, the, we went in to well i went in but we collectively sat down and started interestingly asking questions around why they were losing cash mm-hmm. and everything was focused on the timing of payments that were made to them mm-hmm. and, and invoicing Etc. Uh, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. And then I started asking the question, questions around well, who chases the invoices? Who raises the invoices in the first place? Why are you invoicing? Could you have people on um, direct debits or standing orders and, mm-hmm. and 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 lots and lots of different things? And it actually turned out that they had a cash problem, not because people weren't paying, but because people weren't paying on time. Mm-hmm fundamentally. And the reason that they weren't being paid on time is because they only ever sent one invoice. Yeah. Now they thought it was because their customers were deliberately keeping money from them. And they were trying to solve this problem of do we get debt collectors in? Do we, you know, how do we squeeze more, you know, get get money. Do we charge interest? Do we charge fines? Do you Mm -hmm. know reward early payments? All this sort of stuff. No, you just need to remind them to pay. Mm -hmm. Just pick up the phone and say, hey, you haven't paid your bill. Would you mind paying? Yeah. And and I think that's a really good example of just asking questions around the fringe of what you're doing and seeing if you come up um, with a different story, I guess, which is quite interesting. And I think we got, within two weeks, about £400,000 cash into the business. Wow. Which changes everything, you know, Mm. on something that was doing about 1.8. I mean, that's nearly, it's just over a quarter, -hmm. Uh, Or just under a quarter of 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 revenue back in the bank. Yeah, and it changes the way that you can play play the game. Absolutely. Suddenly, it's 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 really it's really quite interesting. So, this do you? So here's a question. Without wanting to sound like self, um, can't think of the word promoting. Um, (laughs) how easy is it to ask those questions of yourself within your business, or is it? better to have somebody external come in and ask those questions on your behalf
1: i think it's possible to do it yourself um, but i think it's easier to have people who are less close to the business or the problem and i, I split it like that because it may be um, in using your example of the the payments that as business owners you're racking your brains of how do we do this? How do we do that? And actually it could be your receptionist comes in and says, well, why don't we just call them? Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be an external consultant. Uh, It could be just somebody who's external to the immediate problem, but still within your business. And this comes back to why I was saying is, is sometimes it's useful uh, to just involve your whole staff. It could be a team meeting exercise. Mm -hmm. What are the problems out there? What, what questions have we got? How could we do it better? You know, I've got a client at the moment and for a long time, several months, we've been trying to launch specific products and they haven't launched for various reasons. And I haven't specifically led them through this question storming exercise, but in one meeting that I had not so long ago, we ended up asking a lot of questions, partly because there were some new people involved. And um, after probably a couple of hours of, of talking around this. And we weren't, bear in mind, we weren't specifically trying to, to question Storm. We were just asking questions whilst we were talking about it. But it amused me that the, really the base answer in all of this was the question, how do we remove that business owner from this problem? Actually, they're in, without sounding awful, they are the problem. They're getting in the way of just getting on with this. And once we started looking at that, um, it presented a really different scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if if that if Imagine. that person isn't involved at all, how how are we going to get these products to launch? What do we need? Who's going to do it? What information is missing? Where could we get that information from? You know, it, it, it cascades. It creates this cascade effect of, well, what, what things, where the gaps? And how do we fill those gaps? And going back to what I think we were talking about last week, in a way you could do that with your clients. What, what are they trying to achieve? Are they on your website? Are they trying to call you? Yeah. Where are the gaps? How can we fill those gaps? Who's causing bottlenecks? Can we remove them? What would we need to do to remove them? Do we need to implement a telephone system or a call handling company? Or you know, you could go on and on and on, but it's being open to those questions and just keep asking and keep asking. Um, it also makes me think of um, a session you ran a, a few months ago now, um, but I always call it the "so what" session. Yeah. Somebody says, "Well, you know, I, my business is you know selling dog treats or yeah. or you whatever. know whatever it is. Yeah. So what? So what?" How do you keep going and keep going and keep going until you really get to the nub of it? Why is that important? So what? Who cares? Mm. Without sounding awful, why? It's not life-threatening. Yeah. None of our businesses are life-threatening, really.
0: It's, it's, it's interesting because I think, on the whole, and we touched upon this last week, we don't ask enough questions. Mm. And, and the danger with that is, is that we're making presumptions about what we're doing.
1: We 100% are. Because as humans, we're, we're, our brains work by shortcuts. Yes. We're all about how do we make it easy for ourselves? Yes. How do we shortcut that? How do we create a routine that becomes subconscious so we don't have to spend mm-hmm. brain power on it? Habits. Habits. Yeah, and habits. The, the problem with habits is that we, we become so ingrained in them that we stop noticing the flaws and the gaps until somebody completely new comes in, a customer, and says why well, are you doing i don't it? understand this is broken yes
0: yeah or that classic one of why do you do it like this because we've always done it this way
1: yeah
0: yeah so somebody once said i can't remember who it was but the quality of the life you want and i suppose you could replace the word life with business or anything mm-hmm. the, the quality that you want you know is defined by the quality of the questions that you mm. ask and I think this is this is and I'm pretty sure it was the quality of the life that you want is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask and I think this is to a degree this is what you're talking about mm. because it's not just about getting caught up in asking the obvious questions but asking the stupid questions asking closed questions where you might o- ask yep. open questions and vice versa so that you Create an environment that is um, completely open to being challenged. Yeah. In in the right way, mm-hmm. but con- constantly saying why. It's 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 a bit like you know, you've got kids. So I've got mm. you know, and uh, uh, can I have an ice cream, Daddy? No. Why? Yeah you know it, 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 why is the sky blue daddy because it is why cuz it is why is it and it's just why 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 why, why?
1: Mm.
0: constantly because that's how
1: children learn. learn so when does that stop it is a really good question we stop asking some of that comes in school because we're told what the answers are some of that is is just we're tired you've got other things going on
0: see I think uh, going back to your school thing I think it's worse than that because my and this is only my own experience but my experience of asking questions of school at school one of two things happened I either got a ash are you not listening again Mm. from the teacher or I got beaten up in the next break for being the SWAT because I'm always asking questions so I very very quickly learned to stop asking questions because neither of those outcomes were particularly favorable for me. Yeah. Didn't like, didn't want yeah. either of them. So you just stop asking questions because it's because it's easier. Now I don't think within degrees that that's a particularly unique experience that a lot of people go through. And and I I, I you know we we're, we're kind of I guess conditioned to do things in a certain in a certain way and follow the herd and you know all mm-hmm. the rest of that stuff that I've been on a soapbox about before, um, you 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 don't come up with new and innovative ways of doing math equations. You mm-hmm. just do it and you need to show you working out as well. So you very quickly learn to not just do things but do things in a certain way. And I think that diminishes our ability and our desire to question. But if you're growing a business and You don't know the answers and you've not grown a business before. The only way to learn is to ask Mm -hmm. questions of your peers, of your friends, of people who have done it before, um, consultants, coaches, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but also to allow people to come in and ask you questions. And be open to the fact that some of those questions are gonna make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Some of those questions are gonna expose flaws both in yourself and your business, maybe your teams, maybe your product, maybe your sales process. Whatever is, it doesn't really matter. The point is is that the asking of the questions gives you opportunities to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you've got opportunities to learn, you've got an opportunity to improve Mm -hmm. and be better. But a failure to ask questions just means you keep doing what you've always done and therefore you'll always get what you've got. Mm -hmm. Now, some people may listen to this and go, well, I'm really happy with what I've got. My business is flying. It's in a really, really good place. But you don't know that it couldn't be better without challenging how you've got here, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, And also, even if that is the case... What else do you want to do? Do you want to have an impact? You know, for for you, you know, Rennie Grove is really important. You know, that's a big part of why you do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of your culture. Well, maybe your business is super successful. How? What? Maybe the question is, how can I help Rennie Grove more? How can I have a bigger impact in the world? How can I support my children or you know retire? What What What's it going to take to To retire, what's it going to take? You know, going back to Chris and Sarah again, and I don't mean to keep picking on them, but one of their um, goals is to essentially work themselves out of the business. Mm. How their question a lot that I've seen is what do we need to do to get this in business to a point? where we don't have to be involved in it day to day. Yeah. How do we hand that over? What information do we need to get out of our heads? What systems do we need to put in place? Who do we need in our team? How do we train them? Uh, tons of questions come out of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I think that's healthy. And, and whether it's them or anybody else, I think, and it's a very personal opinion, they, they are all valid questions for anyone running a business. Mm. Look, I, I, t- I totally accept that there are freelancers, self-employed out there, I kind of fall into this t- to a degree as well. I love doing the do of what I do. Mm. That's, that's a really weird thing to say, but I love being the technician. Yep. Okay, nothing gives me—I think I said in a, in a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about happiness. You know, one of my kind of core, um, uh, one of my core three things that make me happy is delivery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Being in a room, facilitating learning and knowledge, and watching people grow, and, and I've done it since I was thirteen. And 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 the joy it gave me then is the same joy I get from it now. The people in the room are taller and they're sitting down <laughs> rather than running around everywhere. But the principle is the same. And and I I, I think that there's it there's a real. If, if you are in that space, that's fine. But if you're running any other kind of business, you should be looking from day one. To. to exit that business you should be asking your questions asking questions from day one how do i build this so it doesn't need me why well you sound like my daughter
1: Um. (laughs) i'm asking because is that actually the question it comes back to what we started at it's I would argue that there are people who actually do enjoy doing the do. And and in terms of running their business, they're actually not that interested in the running the business part. They actually really want to do the do. Mm. That's OK. Mm. What do you need to do to allow you to, to do the technician part? Yeah. Do you need a business manager? Do you need an MD? Do you need processes in place that allow you to not have to deal with the business running part that you don't enjoy so much so that it gives you the time and space to do the technician part that's okay
0: yeah and i I agree with you and i think i probably didn't um express (laughs) articulate what so so i think what i said in a long-winded way that i totally accept that there are some people who love doing the do Mm
1: -hmm. and i
0: said and i think i said unless you're one of those you might want to ask yourself that question but you're right because even if you are one of those then the questions you need to ask yourself are, well, how do I build a business that enables me to do more of that Mm. or only that? Um, But if if you've got any kind of business that's scalable, that doesn't actually need you, and you're building a business rather than creating uh, an environment where you can do your job, if you like, Mm. then I think, yeah, from as early as possible, you want to be asking your questions around, well, this thing that I'm doing now how could it happen if I'm not in it? Because to not do that means you become the greatest liability in that business.
1: Mm.
0: I completely accept if you're a freelancer, you love doing it. Then there are different questions to ask. So how can I do everything else in the business so that it doesn't involve me? So I can just do this bit because if I'm not around not to do that bit, then I don't really care anyway. Mm. It doesn't matter unless you're trolls trying to also build uh A legacy or something that you want to leave behind for other people family whatever it is but i would suspect if you're a a freelancer you're you're equivalently you're doing the equivalent of jobbing for various employers Mm -hmm. and there are very very few people who are employed who are leaving their job as a legacy for their children if that makes sense sounds quite harsh but fundamentally i think there is a big difference between freelancing and building Mm -hmm. A business yeah, there that might exist once you're not there anymore, yeah. kind of thing. And, and I, I play with that in, in my own head. Do my business, do I really care if it's still around when I'm not here?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think I went through with certainly with my old business, my questions were all around how do I build a business that outlives me, mm. that is, you know, uh, famous. But I was asking the questions for the wrong reasons. Mm. And that led me down a path of asking more of the wrong questions because I was trying to build something that actually wasn't that important to me. It probably was at the time, but for Mm. the wrong reasons.
1: But isn't that why we have to constantly question? Mm. Because what's important to you today may not be the most important thing to you next week, next year, 10 years time from now. You know, right now, I would say, well, I'm not thinking about retiring. But in 10 years, I definitely am going to be thinking about retiring. I don't want to work till I'm 80. No, I'm not 70 70. now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like, you know, your priorities change. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, you know. That's
1: why it's so important to keep saying, well, well, what if? So what? How do I?
0: When? Yeah, I agree. Another interesting conversation
1: I want to know, because we, we were talking about um, people interacting and things, is I want to know what questions are you asking? Maybe people can comment and say, you know, have you asked these questions? Have you really sat down and said, mm-hmm. what if, when, how, what if?
0: Yeah, and, and I'd go maybe one step deeper than that. Are you taking the time out and creating the space? And do you have an environment to ask those questions in? Because I don't think people ask those questions unless they're in a psychologically safe environment. Because you don't always need an answer. It is at that point in time. It's about having the space and the freedom and the confidence to just ask the questions.
1: Yep. And sometimes it is just a case of throwing it out there and letting your brain Mm. chew it over in its own time. And it might be tomorrow, it might be a month's time might be a year's time, something percolates out of that.
0: Such a good word, percolate. <laughs> My favorite word when it comes to questioning and thinking. Yeah, percolate. Just let it bubble through. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Cool. So um, next week? Yep. Got any topics for next week? I think people, if anybody has got anything that they want to talk about, and want us to cover, they yeah. should let us know as well. Um, Definitely. LinkedIn, maybe Facebook. Are we on Instagram even?
1: No, we're not on, no, we're Instagram. on Instagram. Drop us an email.
0: Drop us an email. That's the old school email, isn't
1: it? Well, why not?
0: We could do that.
1: Hello at the Hello UK. UK. Yeah. Drop us an email and ask us questions.
0: Yeah, and we'll try and cover them. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff.
1: See you next week.
0: See you next week. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.